sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Betting Edge podcast. My name is Ryan Mayday. May, I am joined as always by the savant of the sketchy spread, a gambling guru, Samir Moneyline Mergy. We are back with another episode. It is NFL playoff time and we have a very special guest, Alex Masfair at A-M-A-S-O-N Sports. Am Amas on sports on Twitter. He had an incredible story to tell us uh, about some David Ortiz moments he witnessed in person, and we broke down every single NFL playoff game. That interview is coming up next. But first, Mergy, how did we do last week? Uh, we went two for two. Unfortunately, we were so hyped um, coming into the new year. We were up 20 units over the past few months. Unfortunately, we're down about half a unit now uh, after last week's episode for starting 2023. Uh, but it's okay. We went two for two, right? We had Pittsburgh uh, Steelers. They, they dominated. They won. Uh, we had the Kansas City Chiefs to cover the spread, which they did as well. And then unfortunately, our two losses was the Man City and Chelsea, both teams to score and Man City to win. Man City won for nothing. So at least you got that part right. <laughs> and then uh, the other bet, what was it? Oh, the stinky cowboys, man. Okay, I think a lot of people lost on that yeah, bet. You can't fault us. Cowboys. You can't fault us for picking. Spread minus four and a half. Yeah, that one. You can't fault us for picking the cowboys, right? Like the whole nation no. was uh, surprised by that, especially a commanders team that was so poopy the week before and lost out on the playoffs. Like I don't get how the coach got got his players to to rally for him after that press conference, but they did, and they they dominated the cowboys. Uh, maybe they just were hyped to beat the cowboys. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we went two for two, and we're looking to do better this week. I actually think, uh, I mean, hint, hint, later on in this show, keep watching, keep listening, everyone, because we give you a best bet for every single NFL wildcard games. Um, but I, I think we're we're pretty bang on with those analysis uh, from me looking at it personally. Those are all the same bets I would have taken that me, you, and Alex came up with. Um, so I think we're gonna we're in for a big week, bro. I really think so. We're gonna count be counting them all towards our uh towards our units. So hopefully we end up on the winning side of a wild card multiple wild card matchups. Uh let's do one thing before we get into the money line and mayday matchup. First, give me your bet, best bet for this upcoming week in any sport. You can pick one. You're only allowed to give me one bet this week, Mergy. What is it? My best bet is Go to La Liga, okay? We're playing football with your feet here. Uh, La Liga, Spain's league, for those of you who don't know, Villarreal is visiting Celta Vigo. And for those of you who don't pay attention, Villarreal just had a massive, massive win against Real Madrid last time out. Oh, yeah. Um, And they're going to be pumped going into this one. You're not beating Real Madrid at home and then going to play, what, the 17th place team, in the 16th place team in the league, Celta Vigo. Um, you're not going to go to Celta Vigo and, and have a stinker, right? Villarreal, they're pumped. Not only that, they've won five, I think it's five away games in a row. So yeah, they'll be away, but they're 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 comfortable being away, including beating Napoli uh, in Italy, including beating Galatasaray in Turkey. Like they've been in some tough environments. I really, I really back Villarreal to get the money line win here. And that's at plus 160. 
Uh, so very tasty odds. Let's go. All right. Well, I'm not going to give you anything anywhere near as tasty as that. I'm sticking with soccer, footy with your feet. Uh, I'm going to the best game in the EPL this weekend, English Premier League in England, where I currently am. I will be back at the end of the week, though. Um, Man United taking on Man City at Old Trafford. Man United's ground. Erling Holland. he is Man City's Viking maniac goal scorer. He has 21 goals in 15 games. For some reason, he's at minus 120 to score. So for whatever reason, I, which I cannot tell you, the bookies don't think he's going to score against Manchester United at Old Trafford. I think they're wrong. He can score against anybody and will score against anybody. All it takes is one nicely threaded through pass and the ball will be in the back of the net. Minus 120. You could even take, if you're feeling a little spicy and you really hate Manchester United, City to win, minus 130. I'm not going to because I also equally dislike Man City at this point, but uh, I'm taking Holland minus 120 to score. I enjoy watching great players score goals. That will never change. He he is amazing. And to be honest, these are the kind of games he lives for. He loves these big moments. He always scores. He is the guy City are going to be looking for. And both him and Kevin De Bruyne have been rested in preparation for this game. Um, yeah. I love the Holland anytime goal scorer. And if you're feeling really spicy, maybe we won't give it out as a play. But keep an eye on it to score two or more goals, Erling Holland plus 380. We know these games between the Manchester teams are high scoring. And if City are going to score multiple goals, chances are Holland gets them. Um, so I, I like that plus 380. I don't know if I want to give it out as a play, uh, but maybe we tease it. Like I'd be willing to put a, a half a unit on it um, and we can yeah. give it out. Yeah, I'm down with that. Let's I'm do down it. with that. Let's do it. Half a unit on Erling Holland uh, to score two or more goals. Fair enough. I think big men, big game, big players come in and come in clutch for big games. That's what this is. All right, we have our money line and mayday matchup last week. Uh, Mergy, what was the matchup we had? We had stinky, stinky fraud, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we were hyping him up, saying, "Oh, maybe he's not washed. Maybe we were wrong." No, he's definitely washed. He played bad. He, his last throw in a Packers uniform, possibly his last throw in a Packers uniform, was an interception uh, that he didn't even need to make. And uh, they ended up losing to the Lions and losing out on the playoffs. Unfortunately, you were on Packers minus four lost. and a half. Uh, but for me, that's a good thing. It's, it's fortunate. I got Lions plus four and a half. Take it to the bank. That means that I can choose the matchup uh, for this coming weekend. And that actually brings our running total to five to four to one, I believe. Um, so I'm catching up. I'm one behind you. Uh, we do have a tie on the on the record. But if that wasn't a tie, bro, I, I would have been neck to neck tied with you. So I'm going to catch up this weekend. Give me Sunday Night Football primetime wildcard game. Cincinnati Bengals hosting the Baltimore Ravens. They're currently six and a half point favorites. I think that's because people are leaning that Lamar Jackson is out. So I'm sticking with that. Bengals minus six and a half. Please, Lamar Jackson, do not play. And the Bengals can just easily get the dub here like they did over the weekend. Um, I guess the Ravens, this team knows how to win. Well, based on the rules of the matchup, I have no choice but to take the Ravens at plus six and a half. <laughs> at least I get to take some points. I am like, I'm a little bit happy with that. You did get to choose there, but let's just hope Lamar Jackson plays. If Lamar Jackson plays, let's hope he goes off now i feel like an uh, idiot to be honest because that line's going to like four and a half uh once yeah. lamar jackson's confirmed. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the Ravens don't have to win. They just have to play well, and it's a playoff game. So let's let's just let's see. Maybe we're hoping for six five six four and one at the end of the <laughs> next week. All right, that brings us to our interview with Alex Masfair. Uh, let's just jump right into it. I had so much fun with this. This guy came in firing. And make sure to stick around because after the interview, Alex stays around and gives his well. We all give our best bets for the NFL Wild Card Week. Bro, I'm on the heater of my life right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I like this this season. I've been trying to. I stupidly I've given out a pick for each and every NFL game this year. Yeah. Like <laughs> just because I was like, let's see how we do. And you know, I, I saw hovering. you've been doing that with Sports Grid. Yeah. yeah. I've been doing every like every game. Yeah, 55, 60% hitting. And, like, you know, we've had some terrible weeks. I ended last week. There's 13 games yesterday, and I went 10 and 3. Wow. Which Good I was shit, like, man. I will Good. never replicate that again. Someone DM'd me that took seven of my picks and parlayed them all, and they all hate. I was like, yo, bro, like, yeah. I'm so happy that happened for you. <laughs> like, you're not believe that. Georgia already scored a TD. Let's go, bro. I, I hammered Georgia to cover. Oh, uh, cover minus 14? Mm-hmm. I got 13 and a half. Bro, it was at 12 and a half at one point. I was like, damn, TCU is a lovely story, and I slammed them last game. But oh, Georgia Georgia's a mini NFL team. They're crazy. I'm going to – I've never really followed college football because it's not – like in Canada, it's just mm-hmm. not, it's not like a major thing. So I'm going to next year. I'm, I decided I'm just going to pick Ohio State and just roll with it <laughs> on, across all sports. Bro. Because it's nearby-ish. I was and, never a college football guy, and then everyone said the Dolphins were tanking, and I was like, I'm going to watch college football just for watching NFL prospects, and now it's just developed into, like, I like watching all the big college football games. Like, I won't, I don't have a team, I won't, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I watch, like, Appalachian State versus, <laughs> you know, anybody, but, like, Georgia SEC football, like, where all the prospects are at, because I love yeah. the NFL I will, I will watch that. And that all started when the Dolphins had like three first round picks. And I was like, oh, I need to see who we're going to pick because we're going to be terrible this year. So I might as well watch something cool. But yeah. So you say you don't really have too much of a team in college football, but what teams do you have? I know you're a big, you're based in Miami. I see you talking about it. What, what, what are your teams right now, Alex? Yeah. So I am. I like to consider myself the biggest Miami Dolphin fan in the world, but as I've joined Dolphins Twitter, I've learned that there's a bunch of us out there. I grew up in Massachusetts, so there were, like, no Dolphins fans near here, but, like, I started getting into sports talk literally from, like, my lunchroom table at my high school and my middle school because I would be a Dolphins fan, and I grew up in Boston, so they're all Patriot fans, and I would just go back and forth with why I thought at the time because Brady didn't have six freaking, I guess he's got seven Super Bowls now. I would say Dan Marino was better at the time. That's not oh, my take anymore. That's not my take anymore, but, like, back, you know, 2013, Alex, before 28-3, to before, you know, the Seahawks Super Bowl. Oh, I would, I, when Brady only had, like, three, four Super Bowls, I would have told you Dan Marino was better. But I'm a Dolphins and Heat fan through and through, man. That those two teams are my team. They affect my happiness on a week-to-week basis, especially the Miami Dolphins, my man. That <laughs> being a Miami Dolphins fan is not for the faint of heart. It, it is not for it is not for the weak. It is it is made me into the human being I am today because it is an emotional roller coaster every single Sunday. And then the flip side of that coin is really the Miami Heat because they're an incredibly well-run organization. They pretty much win year in, year out in terms of just like making the playoffs, 
that level standard. They've obviously won three championships since I've been born. Dwayne Wade is the reason why I got into basketball. I can still remember the day that we got LeBron James. I can remember when Ray Allen hit the shot. I can Uh remember Jimmy Butler in the bubble. Uh, You know, all this stuff. I absolutely love the Miami Heat. And I love the Miami Heat so much because they are what I want the Dolphins to be so bad. So the Heat and Dolphins are definitely my two favorite teams in the entire world. And then uh, in baseball, I'm a little bit of like a Marlins fan, but uh, I actually went to a lot of Red Sox games in Boston and the Marlins are a disaster and they will never get <laughs> I have given up on the Marlins. They can never be fixed. So the Red Sox to me are my baseball team. And then, yeah, college football, not don't really necessarily have a team. I just started getting into hockey a little bit. Technically I'm a Florida Panthers fan, but I couldn't tell you that I know a ton. Uh, but I do know that I love Spencer Knight and I think he's a great goalie. I can tell you that. <laughs> I, res- I respect it, man. I, you stay yeah. true to your city. <laughs> Uh, no one can fault you for, for of course, following the Red Sox. Like you, you said, you grew up in Massachusetts, no. and uh, they and, uh, are a powerhouse in the, in the baseball world. That's uh, a well-run organization. Right there. <laughs> yeah, uh, you had mentioned. Oh, sorry. Good. Yeah, continue. Go ahead. Just a quick Red Sox story. I was lucky yeah. enough in 2013 to go to the playoff game against the Detroit Tigers, where David Ortiz hit that home run with the cop, and Tori Hunter flew over wow. the fence. From yeah. that moment on, I was like. I love David Ortiz. I love the Boston Red Sox. The Marlins will never, ever be good and never, ever be fixed. That is one of the greatest sports moments, probably the greatest sports moment I've ever seen with my two eyes, like in person was that. Uh, but yeah, that's why I was a Red Sox fan. But yeah, man, other than that, I am st- I'm stuck with Miami sports, which outside of the Miami Heat is, is it's, uh, it's not it. Not it. <laughs> you mentioned, you mentioned not it. Like we alluded to it earlier. You said you're a Dolphins fan and, and what a, mm-hmm. Up and down year you guys had, to say the least, right? Like, you guys killed it so far. But congrats. You made it to the playoffs. How excited are you to watch this Dolphins team in the playoffs? Do you think Tua will come back? Oh, my God. I'm hoping and praying that Tua comes back. I am 22 years old. Uh, I was born in 2000. Technically, I think the Dolphins made the playoffs in 2000, but I was an infant. They obviously made it in the 2016-17 season where Matt Moore, after Ryan Tannehill blew his knee out, sent us to the playoffs only to get absolutely whacked by the Pittsburgh Steelers, which at the time was like peak Steelers, Big Ben, Antonio Brown, like, you know, before, you know, everything with AB, but like they, they were at their peak and uh, this is the only the second time. So it was, we kind of fell in like ass backwards, you know, like eight and three to eight and eight to nine, eight to make the playoffs. But to be honest with you, Jason Sanders hit that kick in one of the ugliest football games I've ever seen in my life. Nine to six against the Jets. It was still euphoric for me. I felt like we won the Super Bowl for a brief moment. And I'm so excited to be saying, that my team will be playing another week in January because I never, this is the only second time in my life I'm ever going to be able to watch a Dolphin playoff game. So I'm going to enjoy it no matter what. I was so excited. All that matters is the win, man. You guys got it. <laughs> it's all that matters. Man, those kind of moments, they can impact uh, everybody involved in the game. When the Blue Jays played Seattle in the playoffs this year in, uh, in Major League Baseball, um, Blue Jays were favored reasonably well because they were the home team but seattle hadn't been in the playoffs in so many years and it affected that series there's just no doubt about it so i like i like these kind of things when we're looking at matchups i don't love them against the bills obviously but like yeah you never know it this this kind of thing can happen i want i'm just trying to hype you up a little more here because like (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure you don't. You don't necessarily need it, but like, dude, it could happen. It really uh, could. Oh, he needs it. The heater stinky this year. So. Dude, oh my god, the heater mediocre. So mid. Uh, you had mentioned a couple moments already. So, You've talked about Red Sox. 
Yeah. If you could pinpoint one specific sports moment uh, that you would say is like your favorite or something you remember to this day, something that give you give you goosebumps, uh, what would that yeah. sports moment be? So I already explained that Red Sox story. It would definitely be that one only because it's in person, but I'll say a different one because I already explained that one. For the Miami Dolphins especially, the Miami Miracle for me hit at another level because I despise the New England Patriots. All my friends are, are Patriot fans. So people forget at the time, too, the Dolphins were not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. They were having an up-and-down year, and I felt that as if that win was going to propel us to, I think it was either win the last two or three games and, and like enter into the playoffs. I was like, ha- beating Tom Brady, beating the Patriots in that way, that was going to happen. Spoiler alert, they lost the rest of the games for that season, and Adam Gase got fired, which was absolutely insane and absolutely hilarious as well because I thought they could have rattled off a win streak there. But that just hit at a different level for me, um, 100%. And also another one is 100% and for a basketball one because that was a football one. I've done a baseball one. Bam Adebayo's block on Jason Tatum. I was in a room full of Celtics fans when that happened. Oh, nice. And That's I epic. always think to myself, and I was literally wearing my Jimmy Butler jersey, and I always think to myself, there's an alternate reality out there where Jason Tatum absolutely dunks on you know Bam Adebayo to win that game and to probably the Celtics go on to win that series because th- we just carried that momentum throughout the bubble that block and I yep. would have been in the room for the Celtics fans for that and I think about how I was the only Heat fan in that room so that was also one of the most hype moments for me in sports personally ever was was that so ironically those are all like Miami versus Boston because that's funny but yeah Definitely those yeah, two well, I, that's actually what I wanted to ask you about next because you you mentioned you mentioned that Miami versus Boston and obviously for you those are big moments because living in Boston Miami fan how did Miami become your city of choice like what how did that occur yeah so my entire dad's side of the family is from Miami we try to go down there once a year visit my grandparents he was the Got biggest it. Miami Dolphins fan in the world number one my dad called we talked during every game we call in between series like oh can you believe that this pick just happened or we're both screaming on the phone like it doesn't despite the fact that I've obviously moved out, I've gone away, but like we still do that every single Sunday, go through the emotional roller coaster together. But he was never really into other sports outside of baseball and football. And he would try to get me just to show me Fenway park where, you know, we got Cuban heritage in us. So we absolutely love baseball. He became a Red Sox fan. I became a Red Sox fan. We would go to those games, but the Miami heat were just, you know, me living in Boston, and this is funny, if I didn't grow up in Boston, I don't think I'd care about as much of sports as I do now, because Boston is obviously one of the greatest sports cities, if not the greatest sports city on the planet. And yeah. the Celtics were so big in Boston that I had to pay attention to basketball, because the entire winter, all my friends would watch and talk about is the Boston Celtics. They're one of the biggest yeah. brands in sports history. And my brain really just said, well, I'm going to combat this with you know, my favorite team, which was the Miami Heat. I was always technically a Heat fan, but to be honest with you, I was really just a Dwayne Wade fan. I thought he was the coolest person on the planet. And honestly, I didn't know a lot about the game of basketball. I played it, but I really just loved watching D Wade play. Didn't know anybody else. I know we won like we won a championship when I was six years old with Wade and Shaq. And I was like, oh cool. But I remember being like eight years old and like people were talking about the Celtics wearing their Celtics jerseys and I only had my D Wade jersey. And then just full transparency, I was already a Heat fan, but when LeBron James came here, I started watching every single Heat game. Like, I probably watched all the big Heat games before and played basketball, and then when LeBron came here, I became a Miami Heat diehard fan. Like, watching That's all reasonable. It, 100%. And, <laughs> and, I, and you were remember, young, right? So it's, it's really yeah. impressionable to have, like, the king come come and, walk and play at yours. And um, 
I played town basketball at the time, and I remember my coach told me because he always saw I was wearing a D Wade jersey at all of our practices because I just I wore number three because I wanted to be Dwayne Wade, and <laughs> uh, even though I was a center, I was not even a guard. I was. We gotta see a picture of this little Alex. I was, I was literally, I literally played way more like Shaq, but I wanted to be D Wade, and then. Uh, I 100% my coach sat me down. He was like, you, you heard the news. You guys got LeBron James. And, you know, everyone had like, I don't know if it was Bleacher Report or ESPN alerts on like their iPod touch. And I remember seeing it and D-Way and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And he was like, you might, you have, he said it like, you're watching the greatest team ever assembled. Like you have to watch every single game. This is historic. This is, you'll never see this ever again in your entire life. And as a 10 year old, I was like, I'm hooked. I need to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what I did, and I, I've just done that ever since. Once I got in the habit of the four years of the Heatles, they left. I wanted to see what Wade and Bosch could do. We traded for Goran Dragic. You know, Wade obviously ended up leaving. Bosch had blood clots all the mid-years, and then Jimmy Butler bringing us back. Like, I've been here through it all ever since then. And, yeah, the Miami Heat have always been, like, just the model organization in my life, while the Miami Dolphins, like, just mess around with my heart every single week. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, feel, I feel that. That's um... – to mention two nice, nice Raptors there. Well, one nice Raptor, Chris Bosch. We love him here. Yeah. Uh, and sure. Chris Bosch is part of the Toronto sports team that makes us feel good. And <laughs> not the Toronto sports team that makes us feel bad. Do the Raptors yeah. still make you feel good, Ryan? Like, yeah, honestly, <laughs> the Raptors are kind of a feel good team at all times. They're There's run well. Fun going around the team. Drake's and. They are well. They run well. Masai's jokes. Nick Nurse is a dope dude. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. The Raptors actually do still make me feel good. Wow. Okay. You know what? Like, you just pointed when out the Liverpool positives. Doing poorly. <laughs> yeah. When Liverpool are doing poorly, I still really like Klopp, and I still feel good about Liverpool. And I feel like it's like the, it's all about the culture around the team. Like when they're really bad and they have a bad culture, it's so toxic. Yeah. And like, yeah. That, that's what it's like with the Maple Leafs. Hey, the Leafs aren't bad, man. Also, kind of like the Miami Leafs are really, Dolphins. <laughs> the Leafs are really good, man. Dude, don't hate on the Leafs. Yeah. This is their year. We said it's this in the last episode. History. This is their year. We're talking about history. <laughs> I really, I really thought last. We said it in the episode before that. Sorry, Alex. What were you saying? Yeah. Well, I was just saying, like, know, I, I don't know every... about hockey, but I remember last year watching the Leafs run. I was like, oh well, this is this is it for them because I had heard all about the curse and growing up in Boston. Obviously, people would, yeah. you know. On the Leafs for blowing the lead, and oh, right. that would get played all the time. And I just, I didn't know anything, but I just, I, I remember wa- watching it growing up. And then this, you know, last year people were talking about it, and then the same thing happened again. And I, again, it does <laughs> remind me of the Miami Dolphins, where like this year I'm like, this is our year, and then we get to eight and eight. And I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter. We can start one and seven. We can start eight and three, but we're ending eight and eight. Like, there's no, <laughs> no other way around it. Like, I can totally remember. <laughs> Man, that is actually a good comparison, I guess. Okay, so there. This is what that's what I man. I've I'm getting Leafs vibes from the Dolphins. I don't know what to tell you. Guys, what's been going on? Okay, so Alex, next next question here. What does a day in heading when you're at school just like? What does a regular day in the life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm still going to school, so it's a lot revolving around that. But other than that, man, like, and I think one of the reasons I even started sports betting in the first place, I don't watch, I, I like to say that I like, like and enjoy movies and I like and enjoy shows, but I don't watch many. Like I, I'll watch all the big shows, but to be honest with you, I am watching sports every single night. Like it really doesn't matter what it is. Like 
college football championship, college football playoffs. NFL is on. I'm, I am I will watch every single Thursday night football game, even though half the matchups are absolutely terrible. I'm watching every single Monday night football blowout. I'm watching all of that stuff. You like, I, I am one of the viewers. And then of course, NBA will be tuning in. I know, I know TNT has Tuesdays and Thursdays and ESPN has Wednesdays and Fridays. There'll be a primetime duo that I want to tap into if the heat aren't already playing. So I'll be watching that. And then baseball season comes around and Baseball season, I, I do baseball just for betting more than anything. I love betting baseball. I'm not necessarily like the biggest, you know, I don't watch all of the Red Sox games or something like that, but I love betting baseball. So I watch baseball every day during that season. So yeah, man, like I just, that's what I watch. Like I will get up, I get my work done. I do what I need to do. I have fun with my friends and things like that. And then, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock rolls around. And if we're like not doing something fun, it's not like a, you know, birthday party or something like that. I'm watching this stuff. And if people are like, yo, there are a lot of nights, man. I am that dude. Like, I can't even hold you. There are, I am that dude where people are all going out. And I'm like, but I need to watch Sunday Night Football tonight. Like, I, I'll I'll join people late. I'm the I'm the definition of, oh, okay, I'll join y'all after the game. Like, that's that's always what it is for me, man. You sound exactly like us. I see Mayday, like, <laughs> smiling and nodding because that's literally our life. Like, like people will ask us to go out or something, and then Mayday will be like, yo, you got to come to my house before the game. I mean, before we go watch the yeah. game. <laughs> or, like, we go out to the bar and stuff, and I'm like, damn, it's just on a screen right there. Like, yeah. I'm looking at like, <laughs> how it is. I got all the alerts on my phone. I'm scrolling through Twitter. And then when, when you add money on the line on top of that, like, Personally, for me, everything that I bet on, 95% of the games I'm watching. The only way I'm not watching a game that I have money on is if, is this, I'm watching another game that I have money on. Like, I don't have enough screens or something uh, yeah. to, to tune into it. But even then, I'll have it, like, right in front of me on my phone, constantly updating, refreshing on the ESPN app or something like that. But, Amen yeah. to that, bro. Amen to that. I'm always watching what I'm betting on. You it, you feel silly if you if your bet's losing and you're not watching them. No, absolutely. <laughs> and if they're uh, winning while I'm watching, I'm like, if as soon as I step away from this. Exactly. Like, so. Exactly. Uh, you mentioned baseball. You said you love betting on baseball. Like, how successful mm -hmm. have you been? Uh, we know baseball yeah. season is coming up. So that's when I started. So I started, you know, I've been sports betting for a little bit now, but I hadn't been making content about it. I was just like everybody else. I had like, you know, group chats and everything, and we'd all send our locks into there. And, you know, you either get clowned by the group chat and then you get to come back and say that they won and things like that. But then in April, I started the sports grid internship and I was like, okay, well, it's to make content. I had already been making sports content, mostly about like the Dolphins and, and the Heat. But then I was like, why don't, let's do sports betting. I sports gamble every day, not on just on the Dolphins and Heat, on all games, all sports. So I started doing that and I built up a majority of my following through baseball picks because I started in April. So I was pretty good at it and I didn't like necessarily start tracking or anything because, again, I was so new to the space. I didn't know that's what people did, return on investment, all of these crazy numbers, things like that. I just knew that I was, you know, gambling on myself and I hadn't lost money because I had always told myself if I had lost a certain amount of money, it's like game. I got to stop. I got to get rid of it and things like that. And I really had it. And I was only making money and, you know, going out with my friends and just being like, oh, cool. The, the, the tab was picked up tonight by, you know, the New York Knicks or whatever it was. Or I guess during the time <laughs> of baseball season, you know, the Red Sox, the Yankees. I was having a lot of fun. And I really, I, some of it, I'm not a Mets fan, but the beginning of the season, I don't, I don't know if y'all remember, the start of the season the Mets had last year was absolutely ridiculous. And no one ever believes in the Mets. So obviously the lines were incredible. And I just, I rode the Mets streak. And there were just a couple of memes that sort of bubbled over on TikTok. Me betting on the same guys, fading Johnny Cueto. We had a band list, things like that. 
And, you know, I was just, people were tuning in and they were really enjoying it. And I was just really excited for the NFL and the NBA because those are my two favorite sports. And since then, it's been a lot good that, you know, the followers have gone up and the bets are hitting a lot more too, because I know a lot more about the NBA and the NFL um, than baseball, but I made profit on baseball too. So it was really going well. Because uh, I was going to say, Mergy, you struggle. You don't like betting on baseball. Why, why, is that why you asked the question? Yeah, and I and I heard a lot of people have issues with it, but I do know a lot of people like like it's a huge betting sport. A lot of people bet mm-hmm. on it. Personally, me, I don't love betting on it because I mean I'm wearing a Blue Jays hat, but like I've yeah. recently <laughs> got into the sport, right? Like I, I've kind of watched Blue Jays playoff games, I guess here and there. Like I saw the bat flip uh, years ago, mm-hmm. if you guys remember that. Uh, but I never really understood the sport. If you guys sport. remember that. <laughs> but I, never, I never understood the sport or like got into it um, until until recently, right? And like growing up, I grew up in a neighborhood where honestly, people didn't even watch hockey. And like, it's surprising. Mm-hmm. I'm in Canada, I'm in Toronto. And like everyone that I grew up with around me, they were all NBA, NFL fans. And, and that's like the, the culture that I guess I was, I was used to. On the, uh, when I talk about hockey, my dad, he watches the Leafs every single game. So like I got into hockey culture through that sense. Um, but no one in my family watches the Blue Jays. So like I kind of had to like figure it out myself. So that's why I don't love betting on it, because I only like betting on things that like I really understand not only the the players and the culture of the sport, but like I understand how to play it myself. I've never played a baseball game. I can't tell you like the the strats that that the coach wants me to do if, in this situation, et cetera, et cetera. I definitely get playing games because I find that the games that I played while I was younger, soccer, hockey, and baseball, because I have a fundamental understanding of how it's played, those are my successful betting sports. All the other ones, I feel like I'm clutching at straws because it's just difficult to follow. I don't understand the concepts of the game. Alex, which did you play growing up? Which sport so did you play? I played, uh, I played baseball, basketball, and football growing up. Uh, mostly there you go. and so yeah. I played all three and I, I was really into it even though the one I never got into was hockey and that's the reason why in soccer those are the two I didn't play there but uh, something that I especially <laughs> during the, the baseball season that I love I love going to baseball games because I just love the food at it like I can't even hold it. I just love eating at a baseball game bro like it's just it's so much fun to just relax and chill there and mm-hmm. I go to school out here in Cincinnati Ohio so the obviously the Cincinnati Reds are absolutely terrible and the tickets are dirt cheap and Yankees come to town, Dodgers come to town. Nice. I would take Dodgers spread, Yankees spread. I'd be going up there. Cincinnati was the number one ballpark for overs last year. I would take a ton of overs in their games and I would That's go. Exciting. And I would have money on the game and I would be there for $13 on incredible seats. And the game would end eight to seven. Two yeah. terrible teams. Who would want to watch Royals, you know, Reds? But I had money on the over and I walked out and the tickets and all the drinks were comps because I was gambling on it. I had it. So, like, that's what I also love with baseball. I did a lot of that. Um, but yeah, man, baseball to me is just, there's so much data and there's so much information that my gambling brain, you could say that side of the sports fandom of me, because there's just the fan that loves to watch the game. But then there's the side of my brain that has started to make money on sports gambling. And it's like, oh, there's an opportunity here. So much data in baseball. Obviously it's the analytical sport. So much information every single day, especially as the season progresses so much of a large sample size. It's to me, not the easiest to predict, but in some aspects of the sport, I think it's 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 pretty good. But at the same time, Vegas makes those lines super sharp. They don't mess around during baseball season. All that information that we have as gamblers, 
they have as odds makers. So it's just yeah. kind of an interesting test game throughout the 182 or 162 season that is baseball. But uh, it's a lot of fun, especially during the summertime. I feel like if baseball was just like not during nice weather, people would it would have just an effect on me because I love going to the games. But but yeah, for sure. That's true. And it's every day um, almost at that point, right? So like there's a lot going on, a lot to bet on, and you have a lot of options. So I can see how it's profitable for those who who enjoy it. And Ryan, to your point earlier, like why do you think esports are my my number one uh, betting, my number one profit and my return on investment if you look at it? Like I've been a gamer my whole life and I understand uh, the games that I'm betting on. And that, that's kind of why I have that edge, I feel, over, over people who don't watch it or understand. Yeah, we need to get into talking a little more esports on here because those lines are nowhere near as sharp as the baseball lines. And Samir is Mergy, you're hella sharp on these. Well, so like, well, we got a, lots, of, lots of money to be made. We got a Call of Duty major coming up in a couple of weeks, and I kind of wanted to do a little bit uh, on on one of our episodes for that. So stay okay, tuned, we'll everyone. Do. We will definitely get make you some money in that Call of Duty major. I love betting. Alex, God, I got man. one more. I got one more question for you, Alex, before we move on to the NFL playoffs. Uh, we're going to just go through each matchup quickly. Give us, give, uh, give a little picks, a little insight. Um, we t- we've talked all about the sports you bet on. How did you get into betting on sports? Because like, yeah, how so, did you get into your career? How did you actually start betting? Mm-hmm. So uh, in high school, I did uh, the school TV station. Um, because I was not good enough to make varsity sports. I was not even close. I was middle school freshman and JV guy, never had a chance to make in the NFL, never, never making D1. It just wasn't <laughs> happening. Um, so I really wanted to talk about it. I was a bigger personality. I liked to make people laugh. And I was like, okay, I'm going to join the school TV station. We made a lot of funny videos, satire about the school, things like that. But at the same time, there's a whole sports section of it. So I did that. I learned video editing. I was making highlight clips for players for the teams things like that we were putting them all over the morning show it was great and then i started doing the sports desk which was kind of like creating the sports contact that was our content i was high energy making people laugh and i really just like fell in love with it so i started making my own sort of like youtube videos online talking about sports that channel does not exist anymore with my squeaker high-pitched voice oh, but uh, damn. <laughs> you gotta bring us a clip compilation or something like that you know? <laughs> when we want to do that but uh, I started doing that um, and I continued to do that, you know, the, the, you know, the thing on the sports desk. And after that, uh, when I started going to school, I got an internship that was sports podcasting. So I started doing a sports podcast, absolutely loved it, continued to to do it. And I really wanted to, you know, continue to make content. And I joined a place called Belly Up Sports, which is fantastic, awesome place, awesome people, and that allowed me to write NFL articles, host a web show, talking everything NFL, everything NBA. It was a blast. Absolute lot of fun. And that's how yeah, I kind of amazing. joined like, this, this visual space on top of the podcast audio only. Uh, and then after that, the sports grid internship started. And I, you know, I was already betting during my belly up days, but I never talked about betting. I just sort of, you know, said it. And I would just say, like, if you're a betting man, like, I, I would take this. Like, and I would say that all the time. And then. Sports crew gave the opportunity for me to really just share all of my bets on it on a day-to-day basis. And I made a video every single day with all my picks since April. Haven't missed a day. Even if I can't do it visually, I try to tweet out the list. And we've gotten to the point now where people are asking about them. And I always feel bad if somebody comments like, yo, where are the picks at? And I'm like, oh, man, like I can't be letting people down. I got to let people know what I'm betting on. So um, it's been a lot of fun. But that's how I started making the content side of it. In terms of just how I started betting, um, I – 
end of high school, a friend of mine was like, bro, I sports bet and I don't watch a tenth of the sports that you do. Like, at least try it because you watch so many sports. And, you know, I got a bookie just like everybody else. And, you know, you know, exchange the Venmos or whatever in the lunchroom. I would catch them and slip them the 50 after the freaking Patriots beat the, beat the Dolphins and things like that. That's jokes. Uh, but I was actually doing well. That kid ended up giving me more 20s than I gave him. And, you know, I was using it on pizza and I would get two slices. It was just like simple yeah. stuff. I give him five bucks. My friends and me and my friends would just make like little wagers within each other sometimes too and be like, oh, especially like we wouldn't even make a line. It would just be like a hundred. Whoever gets a hundred bucks, Dolphins, whatever. I'd be like, dude, I'm getting screwed here. The Dolphins have no chance. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, that just, you know, as it always happens, you know, I'm starting to do it. I'm doing a good job at it. I'm making it a day. And then, you know, I get to school and I just keep doing it. And then, you know, turn 21, do it legally through DraftKings, FanDuel, all these things. And uh, yeah, that's just how I started doing it. It's just more, it was like, uh, I almost to myself, I wanted to test my knowledge a little bit. I feel like there's yeah. a little bit there, but I watch so much sports. I talk about it every day. I'm all over Twitter. I'm making this content. Let's put my money where my mouth is. All my predictions. Let's, let's see what happens. Let's throw $10 on it. And I don't know. Hopefully I'm more right than wrong. I have been recently, but obviously as we know, you can go three weeks and apparently not know, not know anything in the sports world. And then you can go three weeks where you're literally have the script. So yeah. Way. yeah, that's how this industry works. Oh, I love that. I love that explanation there. Cause it seems like most of the people um, that we're speaking to in this industry, like that's how you get into it, right? That like you won't kind of want to test yourself on that knowledge. Not only that, Absolutely. you spend so much time watching and researching things about the, the sport. Why not try to make some money off of this, right? Like you can spend hours like, just researching, reading articles. You might as well try to make some bets. And then like that, once you have money on the game, it like changes your viewing. <laughs> You're like, whoa, I went from just watching Monday Night Football to rooting for somebody on Monday Night Football. And then it's like, you get that experience of being a fan of your Bro, favorite Bro, I feel team. like I'm playing in Monday Night Football. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get, I'm just as energetic about these Dolphin games now as I am about Ravens-Steelers tonight. And, like, and I just loved it. The more, the more fun you can have, the more. Always responsibly, of course. But the more fun you can have, the better. Yeah. Me. I agree. It makes makes all the games fun. Uh, you you kind of just perfected it there. You're talking, talking about the Ravens. Do you guys want to get into some NFL wildcard predictions? Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. So the first game on the docket is the Seahawks at the 49ers. These guys played twice this season, 27 to seven for the Niners, 21 to 13 for the Niners. And we look at a plus 10 spread plus 400 on the money line. If you like the Seahawks mergy, you like the Seahawks? I don't like this. I, I like the Seahawks to cover. I kind of do. Like, I know the 49ers have been blowing teams out of the water, uh, but the Seahawks always play up to them, right? Like, they play pretty well against them. Uh, they did not cover the spread in one of the games this season, but they did cover it in San Francisco. They're going to be playing again in San Francisco. I, I like them to maybe cover the spread. I don't love this game, though. Alex? Alex, what are your thoughts? I love seattle to cover in this game yeah i don't okay. know if they're gonna win i don't know if they're gonna win i but i i will say this i give them about a 20 percent chance to win which people are gonna be like oh 80 20 that's not a lot i for a number two seed that is a decent that is the you know san francisco has 
an incredible roster from top down when they are healthy. I believe it is the best roster in the National Football League if you excluded the quarterback position, especially on that defense. It is all time good. It is all time physical. They go sideline to sideline like nobody maybe in NFL history. Bosa's got a lock for defensive player of the year. You can't stop their front yeah. seven. And secondary has been playing out of their mind this year. Kyle Shanahan with three different quarterbacks ended this year on like a 10 13 game winning streak they started three and four and they ended 13 and four so 10 game winning streak with three different quarterbacks including mr irrelevant brock purdy with all that being said go look at the numbers at teams trying to complete a three-game sweep on the season with their division it does not go their way i don't think seattle will win this because of the top end talent that san francisco has but boy, San Francisco is going to look real beatable. And we are due eventually for Brock Purdy to come back down to earth. Because here's the thing. If Brock Purdy does not come back down to earth and continues to win games and win games convincingly, he is Tom Brady in 2001. That's what we're saying. This guy came out of absolutely nowhere after an injury to the starting quarterback, goes on a ridiculous run because of an elite defense and elite head coach, and wins the freaking Super Bowl or takes them to it. I don't know if I can say Brock Purdy is that guy just yet, despite the fact that he has whatever, a 2-1, to 3-1 to one touchdown interception ratio, fantastic fantastic quarterback rating. The Seahawks know the 49ers, and they know that system. They're going to be flying around. They're playing with house money. They are an energy team. Pete Carroll yeah. feeds off yeah. their energy. They're going to be playing with house money. They just got in the playoffs after a huge game against the Rams. They love to talk their trash. That defense is also legit. You know, Brock Purdy could go out there and throw two interceptions to an elite secondary, an elite corner. It could happen. I'm not going to predict and tell you, oh, take, you know, them on the money line, but it's plus $410 to win 40. Like you're just saying, like you could, they have a puncher's chance, but plus 10 is way too many points when they have a seventh round quarterback on the other side. And Geno Smith is playing for 10 more million dollars every day. Every yeah. win that Geno gets is another <laughs> $10 more million he's asking to the Seattle Seahawks. You beat San Francisco <laughs> and get a playoff win. You just made another $15 million, my friend. At least. Kenneth Walker <laughs> does anything big in that game, and he has offensive rookie of the year locked up if that man goes off for a buck 50 and two touchdowns and they win. It can happen. San Francisco has given up big points to Jared Stidham. They've given up points to Patrick Mahomes. It's not impossible. So I'm just not ruling it out just yet, especially when you look at the numbers of teams trying to complete a three-game sweep. I would absolutely slam Seahawks plus 10. That line's going to move closer to, you know, nine, eight, as we get closer. Honestly, to it. I, honestly yeah. I love that. I love your reasonings, Alex. Like that was, that was great. You dropped the knowledge, but just furthering further, like to add further to your point, uh, I'm looking at the game log and the head to head between these two teams. And since 2010, since 2010, I think it is. San Francisco has only covered the spread once against the Seahawks. Yeah, yep. it was earlier this season. Uh, but we, like you mentioned, Brock Purdy is going to be here. He, we don't know what to expect from him come wildcard weekend. Like he was a little comfortable in the system in the past few weeks. Of course, be, like you mentioned, being one of the best overall teams in the NFL. Now we got Brock Purdy against a motivated Geno, who's going to, like, like you mentioned, the Seahawks know their system. The 49ers have yep. only covered the spread once in the past 23, 24 games that I'm seeing. Uh, plus 10 is way too big of a number to lay. Yeah, absolutely. I That line should be like five and a half. Yeah, in yeah my I agree. And then, like, maybe I'd, then maybe I'd consider the 49ers if it was five and I a half. Still, even then, I would still lean like, I think San Francisco is going to win, but that's going to be a scare. Like I, I view San Francisco, Brock Purdy, maybe getting them to a field goal, like 
long field goal, 55 yard game winners, not like a cheap shot, nothing like that. It's, it's going to be close. And man, that team flies around for Seattle and they are so young. And if Geno Smith plays well, they can beat anyone. Like it, it, it's that well. And again, if they run the ball, like they're going to try and do DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, they have guys that can just make a play. You can have great coverage on DK Metcalf and he's catching the fade right on your head. That's what wins playoff (laughs) games. It's one game. That's all it is. Somebody goes crazy and you win the game. And Seattle knows that more than anyone. They're the ones who traveled to New Orleans to or New Orleans traveled to them, I guess. Marshawn Lynch, Beachquake mode. They know you can be 500 and win a freaking playoff game. You can be 500 like the New York Giants and win the Super Bowl. Like they're going to be flying around and there's so much more pressure on San Francisco right now. And all of the eyes are going to be on Brock Purdy for the first time really all year. Yeah, the entire football world is going to be watching. I would lean to the 49ers, uh, uh, sorry, lead to the Seahawks plus 10 as well. Um, next game on the list, we have Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. Which one of these guys you think is going to get it done for their boys? We'll throw, I'll throw it to you first for this one, Alex. I want to get your opinion on this. Yeah. Jaguar money line. Absolutely. Plus 100 Listen, right now. Plus 100. This team's at home. It's going to be hot. The Chargers are going to be playing in an underrated environment. If you all remember back in 2017, when the Jacksonville Jaguars went to the AFC Championship game, the people were bought in. That was a hard place to play. That team had a good defense, bad quarterback play, an okay head coach, and was winning games. This team is not as talented defensively, but Trevor Lawrence, since the second half of the season started, has been a top 10 pushing top seven quarterback in the national football league each and every week he is getting better and winning bigger moments and only getting more confident in himself. He is only, he has so much trust with this receiving core right now with Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. He is throwing the ball up and letting those guys make plays, not just throwing to wide open receivers. And that's the difference between college and pro he's throwing guys open. ETN has come on strong. And again, we talk about these games where someone can just bust something open and make a play. Travis ETN, very streaky player. But if he has one of his good games in the playoffs, you can't stop it. Chargers are coming into this game banged up because Brandon Staley decided to play some starters at the end of last week. Justin Herbert's first career playoff game, Brandon Staley's big moments. You can just go look at the numbers. You fade Brandon Staley in big moments. That's just what you do. You fade him. Doug Peterson has been in this spot before, has won a Super Bowl. Jaguars won't win the Super Bowl. They won't make it past round two. But the Chargers are on upset alert. And then Sean Payton could be coming to Colin. I oh that's a a nice take. Uh, uh, also, I don't know if you guys knew this, but this was the game earlier this season. Uh, Trevor Lawrence threw three touchdowns, uh, and the Jags put up four four hundred and thirteen yards against the Chargers. Yep. Uh, in week three, this year. And the yeah. Chargers like, defense they can really, they can already, they've already done it against this team. Well, I mean, okay, I agree with you guys there on all those points. Uh, I personally would lean Jacksonville Jaguars, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here because this Chargers team went healthy. Like they were expected to be one of the contenders for the Super Bowl uh, this season. Uh, they were expected to have one of the better, be one of the better teams in their division. And I know they've been kind of shaky, but Justin Herbert, he's pretty good. Alex, I do want to call you out here. I know you're a hater. <laughs> I know you're a hater on him. Um, so for those listening, maybe take his opinion with a little slight grain of salt. Um, but but I do agree. Jacksonville is probably the lean, what I would lean here. I would take them on the money line. It's plus 100 right now as we say this. They have the one up earlier in the season. They're at home. Everything you guys mentioned, Trevor Lawrence playing 
phenomenal football as of late. Uh, I, I would take Jacksonville, but don't be surprised if this game is a lot closer than people expect because Justin Herbert's pretty good, man. He, he knows what he's doing out there. And it might just come down to a bad couple decisions from the coach. Cause as you mentioned, that's what, that's what costs the chargers in these situations. I don't know why he played their starters last, um, last week. They, he ended up getting a couple guys injured. Didn't he? I think technically if Baltimore could won, don't quote me on this, but I think if Baltimore won in the chargers loss, they could have flopped. So oh, then yeah. Bengals. The Ravens get, yeah. And then you got to play the Bengals instead of the Jaguars, which of course the Jaguars are the team you want to play in the first round over any of the three above them. But the Ravens threw the game. I mean, they didn't even play Huntley. Yeah. Like they, they, and Mark Andrews was an active, like they had no chance of winning that game. And maybe, you know, the Chargers didn't see it or whatever, but man, like it, Herbert was taking some hits out there. They obviously get injured and Mike Williams is a big one. Mike there. Williams. Huge connection here. And the Jaguars are just so confident right now because of the second half of their season. And they just won their division. It's the first time they've been there since 2017. That organization's a mess. And I just look at the playoff experience of Doug Peterson and I look at Brandon Staley not doing well in big moments and I just see a big coaching disadvantage and I just lean on coaching in the playoffs. Yeah, no, that's fair. And they've had five wins in a row and they've had very convincing wins in that, right? Like they beat the Cowboys. They, I mean, the yeah, Jets, the Jets have been games. stinky, but yeah, and sir. In crazy games. They've been in playoff yeah. environments week in, week out, going back and forth shootouts. Trevor Lawrence having to perform in four minutes or less or two minutes or less. Mm-hmm. playing in a de facto playoff game against the Tennessee Titans last week against a very well-coached, hard physical defense. Trevor Lawrence still able to move the ball, do his thing. So yeah. I really do like the Jacksonville Jaguars on the money line here. And being at home is just a whole nother factor. Not like the Chargers have home field advantage anyway, but you know. <laughs> All right, good point. Yeah. Um, so the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. This line is the spread's currently sitting at plus 10 and a half. Is that assuming that Tua is not playing? Yeah. Like, so, and because like I kind of like Miami, I kind of like Miami at plus 10 and a half on the spread, to be honest. So, I've done a little bit of research on this line, just so I'm a Dolphins fan. According to odds makers and a couple of other different people I've seen on Twitter, yeah. if Skylar Thompson were to play this game, the Bills would be favored by 13 and a half or 14. If Teddy Bridgewater plays this game, the Bills are favored by 10. And if Tua Tungavailoa plays this game, the Bills are favored by seven and a half. So my guess is that they are assuming that Teddy Bridgewater, after taking a week off with that broken finger, will at least give it a go this weekend. Worst case scenario for the Dolphins. Skylar Thompson, anybody with eyes can see he played absolutely terrible last week. <laughs> missing wide open receivers it was a disgrace mike mcdaniel will lean on a hurt teddy bridgewater before he will lean on skylar thompson in my opinion i believe Tua will play this game ever since he said that he was going to be out for a little bit he is jay glazer the first report was he's targeting the playoff game i have a hard time believing Tua is not going to play but obviously he is in such a unique situation compared to other people with injuries it's a head injury it's been multiple times if he needs to take this game off he absolutely should. He should not force himself to go body out there if there's any risk. However, if the doctors clear him and he believes he wants to play it in this game, which I believe will happen, I think Tua ends up playing in this game and this line moves a lot closer to minus seven and a half, which is why I would hammer the Miami Dolphins in this spot. They have played Buffalo closer than anybody this year twice outside of the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. They have the only defense, mm-hmm. the only time the Miami Dolphins defense, and I can tell you because I watch every snap, decides to be that defense that we had seen under Brian Flores is against Josh Allen. They 
want to beat Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills because during the entire Brian Flores era, to be honest with you, they blew them out every single time. It wasn't even close. And a lot of those players, Christian Wilkins, guys on the defense, really take pride in these games. Mike McDaniel and Chris Greer built the Miami Dolphins this year to beat the Buffalo Bills. They wanted to win this division, and they were well on their way until some injuries and a huge breakdown in the second half of the year. They are built to beat the Buffalo Bills when healthy. The problem is, is that they are nowhere clear healthy. Tua is a big questionable. Teron Armstead is a big questionable. Tyreek Hill got hurt last game, and so did Jalen Waddle. Yeah. This team will not be even close to 100%. How much will that matter? It depends on the players. Sometimes the guys play through injuries and give out all-time great performances. We've seen it before on the offensive line especially. Or will Teron Armstead be really inhibited by this and not play well at all? How rusty will Tua be? The last time we saw Tua come back from a multiple-game access or, or you know multiple games missed was that Steelers game on primetime. The Dolphins won it. He didn't play particularly great, but then he went on the five-game win streak right afterward. The question is, is how good Tua will how good will Tua play? That can determine if Tua plays well, the Dolphins can win the game. If Tua plays period, I think they cover because the defense takes pride in playing against Buffalo. And I think just the big time players again, I've said it for the last two games. The Dolphins have more players more than anybody that for whatever reason can just win you a game. Tyreek and Waddle go for 150 each and a touchdown each. Buffalo's not winning the game. And Josh Allen never wins easy. And the Buffalo Bills never win easy. They didn't even win easy against the Patriots. They got two kickoff returns for a touchdown and two 50-yard <laughs> touchdown throws for Allen. And they won by 12. Mac Jones threw three picks on top of that. That should be 50 zip. Like, that's just – like, if you can't, you're telling me you got two kickoff returns for a touchdown, two 50-yard throws, and the quarterback on the other team threw three picks, that's got to be 50 zip, 40-something yeah, yeah. zip. And they won by 12. So – the Dolphins play them close already. Again, it all matters in if Tua plays or not. If he plays well, I think Dolphins' money line is worth a sprinkle. Maybe I'm biased there. I would not, you know, predict, you know, life or death situation. Are they gonna Are they gonna win this game? No, I, I would not tell you that. But at the same time, it's not. I give them a higher chance than Seattle beating San Francisco. I give the Dolphins a thirty percent chance at winning this game if Tua plays. If he doesn't play, zero. Stay far, far away from yeah. the Miami Dolphins and hammer Buffalo spreading. And, and that's what's concerning me, right? Uh, you had mentioned, of course, not only Tua's injury, but you had mentioned Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle getting a little banged up uh, over the weekend. And you know they're going to play, right? They're going to play through it. It's not like they have Absolutely. some severe injuries. Uh, but you never know, right? It's Tyree. I think it was Tyree's ankle that was bothering him. And you never know what can happen, especially to a wide receiver, that kind of position. Uh, during the game, uh, in the playoff game against the Bills. And the Bills know that too, right? They're going to be focusing on that, not saying they're going to go out there and try to injure him, uh, but they're going to try to make him maybe be be a little more nifty with his feet and try to get him to re-aggravate re that injury. Uh, I I like exactly what you mentioned. I'm on the same fence there. If Tua plays, maybe like, I would take them to cover 10 and a half, uh, but the line's not going to be 10 and a half uh, once that's confirmed. Uh, and on the other side of it, I would lean Bills minus, uh, minus 10 and a half, maybe buy a point, take minus nine and a half. The odds aren't, aren't amazing, it's, but it's at minus 138. It's still, still, still good value in that. And I would, I would lean the Bills right now at this moment from everything we know. All right, Mergy, your G-man. <laughs> My G-man. A little bit fake news, but they got in. They did it. They did it, man. They did. The G-men are in. They're plus three on the spread against the Vikings at <sighs> the Vikings. Um, plus 140 on the money line. It's relative. Bookies have this one relatively close. What? How do you have it? Uh, I'm biased. I'm very biased. 
but truly, <laughs> truly, I would take the Giants plus three. Like I truly would. Maybe take plus three and a half. Daniel Jones has been on some something these past few weeks, this past month or so. Like he's on fire. He's making good throws, making good decisions. Something that us G-Men fans haven't seen for honestly like his whole time here. But it's not his fault. He never had the team. Now he kind of has some good pieces around him. Saquon, of course. One of the one of the great stories this year came back and, and played really well this season. Uh, I think the Vikings. I think they're the fake news here. I think uh, they they've been crappy uh, all year, barely grinding out wins despite what their record says. I personally think they haven't been that good this year. They've been blown out of the water a couple of times. Um, and the time the Giants played the Vikings, the Vikings needed what their career or the franchise long field goal to win the game. So. I, I like the Giants plus three, three and a half here. I think the, the defense is going to be ready uh, for the Vikings. Uh, the only thing is Justin Jefferson is the scariest player probably in the league right now. And and if he just has one of those games, it might be it might be hard. Uh, am I being a little too biased here, Alex? Like, Do you think the Giants have a chance? Keep the points. Giants money line. They're going to win this game ah, outright. Let's go. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately for Kirk Cousins, there's no other football game being played at 4.30 Eastern time. At that <laughs> which means everybody will be watching him do what he loves to do when everybody's <laughs> watching, which is soil himself. That is what he's going to do. And trust me, this year I have tried to bet on Kirk Cousins on prime time, and it has not gone my way. They are breaking the NFL record in one-score wins this year after they set the NFL record in one-score losses the year before. What comes up What is what comes down. I think the Vikings are getting reparations or whatever you want to say for last year, them losing every single game by a field goal. Now they're winning every single game by a field goal. <laughs> in my opinion, the Giants are going to out-muscle the Vikings. I think Brian Dable's coach, as a coach, is a hard-ass, and his team is a hard-ass right now. Like, you do not want to see them right now. Daniel Jones in a dome, in my opinion, against one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL is going to play extremely efficient, throw for more yards than people think. And what he does with his legs is way too underrated. He extends plays, he gets first downs, and he fights for extra yards. If Saquon Barkley goes for a buck 50 and two touchdowns, they will not win this game, the Vikings, that is. I would yes. keep the points and I would play them on the money line. There is going to be upsets on wild card weekend, 100%. And we've seen how many top-end teams there are in the AFC. It's unlikely to think that the upsets will come over there unless you consider the Jacksonville Jaguar ones an upset. But that's pretty close to even odds, right? I don't think any of us are expecting – I'm not – even if to a place, I don't necessarily think the Dolphins will win this game. I like them to cover. Like, this is, this is the matchup right here where I see a team on upset alert the most, and I think the Giants have a real opportunity here to win a game in the playoffs and make themselves an even more attractive destination in cement Brian Dable's case for Coach of the Year if he hasn't already, because that roster is ridiculously poor for the record that he has them on. They're wasting so much money in dead cap. If they could just get some salary cap space, the Giants would be an extremely attractive free agent destination. And Daniel Jones right now is proving that you got to at least sign me to a two-year deal at a recent yes. offer. This man is balling, and he's just one playoff one away from securing that. In a dome, good conditions, this is the matchup you want. I absolutely love the Vikings on the money line here. The Giants. Mm. Sorry, the Giants, not the Vikings. On the, <laughs> Thank the you. Giants. No, no, no. They just said everything about the Giants. The Giants the just line. gave us like a whole set of <laughs> reasoning. Is like, but you know what? Fuck that. I'm taking the other side. <laughs> okay, no, so the, the the one th one thing to note is that this is the first home playoff game in uh, return in 2018. So the crowd might be a little bit hyped up. That's the only uh, 
thing to note there for the Giants, I would say. Other than that, definitely, definitely. Here, here's might have the thing. Nothing, nothing silenced the crowd more. Nothing, happy. nothing silences the crowd more than a Kirk Cousins interception. And there's going to be a few. Like, yes. in this <laughs> I love that. Nothing. Yeah, you're right. And then not only that, you have mentioned if Saquon uh, has a big game, like some running backs mm. have had big games against the Vikings this season. So it's not out of question for Saquon to get a buck 50. Uh, okay, maybe a buck 50 is a lot, but like it would be great to see. And then, of course, getting a couple of touchdowns himself. So, hey, <laughs> hey, Mayday, they're, they're not fake, man. We're going to get past the first round. And uh, you never know. You never know what kind of run we can go on from there. All right, we're going to have to see. They won a lot of games to start the season. Then it was an absolute slog to the end, but I'm glad they got it done for you. Um, Ravens and Bengals, plus six and a half. Alex, how are you feeling about this game? So here's the thing. If we have to pick a side here, I'm going to go with the Bengals because of how what it's been recently. But I really would rather go with a total in this one. Like, yeah. I don't know what the line is set at right now or what it's going to be set at, but I'm going to look at over under way more in this one. It's 43 and a half currently. I would take the over in that. Everything in my being right now is telling me to take the Bengals to cover because of how good they've been against Baltimore. But again, we get to the third matchup of these divisional games, and it is just so tough to not say that the game is going to be close. I think the Bengals win. I think it's closer than people think. But the problem is, is I can't give you a concrete reason why outside of just these divisional games are close. And like, I just gave a whole bunch of information for all these other picks, but like the Bengals are a better team. They have way more offensive firepower. They're healthier. Their quarterback is way more locked in and they just blew this team out last week. Yeah. Baltimore didn't play any of their starters. Lamar hasn't played in over a month. I'm sure he's going to try and give it a go, but he's going to be so rusty. But at the same time, he's Lamar Jackson. If he, if he just breaks off these runs and you can't practice for that speed, and if maybe he's – I know he's hurt right now, but maybe he could have gone the last two weeks and he's just been saving it for the playoffs. We don't know the full story here. Obviously, he's got the contract thing looming over his head as well. He's not going to want to have a bad performance. I lean towards the over in this game more than anything. If I had to pick a side, my football brain tells me that the Bengals will win and cover this game. But if they're covering, they're winning by seven. Like, it will be close. Like, I think the line's at six and a half. They're yeah. winning by seven if they cover. It will not be more than that. They will not beat this team by two scores. John Harbaugh is just too good of a coach. Um, this team is just too well coached. The defense has been ridiculous the second half of the year. I like the over because of these divisional games and Joe Burrow is going to put up points in the playoffs. I think that line is set at 43 because of how good Baltimore's defense is. But Lamar can break off some few big runs, some big plays. I like the over in that one more than anything. I can't trust that six and a half right now. Bengals minus four and a half you'd get me 100 percent but six and a half it's a lot and not don't forget this the ravens have the best kicker in the nfl they will hit 65 66 yard field goals that matters they'll get points i I just it's going to be a close game to me that's just and maybe maybe that all tells you to take baltimore 6.5 but i just can't put my money on that either when the quarterback hasn't played in five weeks yeah no like you make good points there and and as you said if it was minus four and a half five and a half like i I mean four and a half i'd be hopping on that it's opened at minus five and a half it's moved to minus six and a half something tells me lamar jackson's not playing this game right um i think uh they they rested tyler huntley over the weekend against the bengals um so that kind of just shows signs that they they wanted to rest him in preparation for if he needs to go like obviously if lamar comes out and says oh i'm ready to go they're going to play lamar but 
I think the coaching staff is expecting uh, that Lamar won't be 100% and that Tyler Huntley might need to at least play um, some of the snaps. So I think if mm-hmm. that if that's the case, like the Bengals minus six and a half would be what I would lean. Absolutely. Um, but you're right. You're right. Like the over under is probably the better, better value here. Both teams, um, like the Ravens, yeah, they have good defense, but they know how to score. They know how to score points. If Lamar Jackson is playing, they're going to score points. You mentioned Justin Tucker, the kicker. Uh, but Cincinnati at home is putting up points. Like yes. they're just yeah, it's it's Cincinnati, right? We we know it's Joe Burrow. Yeah, he's uh he's ice cold. He's he honestly on man on the mission. You guys saw his press conference the other day. He said, "Oh, as long as I'm playing, the window's open for the Bengals to win a Super Bowl." Yeah, yeah. So uh, so I agree with you on all of that on all those points. One thing to note though is the Ravens have not scored more than 17 points without Jackson this season. Uh, so if Lamar is definitely not playing. Maybe oh, yeah. avoid taking the the over there uh, because the Bengals might just be the only team scoring. Uh, but who, if but, Lamar's not playing, I I would hammer Bengals spread and just pretend yeah. it's, a, it's a re. It's just a mirror image of what we just saw this weekend. Yeah, exactly, exactly what you said. They just played this weekend. The Bengals they were upset. You saw their their touchdown celebration. They were upset about the the ruling that the NFL came to uh, with the postponing of their game. Uh, they're upset that there was a chance that they could not have the first spot because of a coin toss. Thankfully, they won the game, uh, but they want to beat them again and it kind of pumped them to the ground. All right, guys. Last game of the first round, the super wild card, super wild card weekend is on Monday. And if the Cowboys are going to get through the Buccaneers, they're going to have to erase that zero from the 0 and 7 they are against Tom Brady. Can it happen, Alex? Are the Dallas Cowboys going to be able to get past Tom Brady? Absolutely not. This is way <laughs> too obvious to me. I have never seen a more clutch factor lopsided matchup than Tom Brady versus Mike McCarthy. I have never mm-hmm. seen someone I trust more in clutch versus someone I fade more in clutch than this match right here. Mike McCarthy in a big time playoff spot coaching for his job. He will be fired if they lose this game and Sean Payton will be the next Cowboy head coach. If that happens versus Tom Brady, who just had his first losing season ever wants to prove to people. He's still going to play next year, probably for a new team, potentially the Raiders. And he's probably not giving up on a Super Bowl run this year because the NFC is not, some crazy gauntlet like the the number one team you're placing is Jalen Hurts who has only played one playoff game against Tampa Bay lost it and then obviously Brock Purdy's the two seed he could be on upset watch week you know the first week of the playoffs Tom Brady's winning this game and he might win another one afterward and the Cowboys are going to get exposed once again and the question will be what are they going to do with Dak Prescott after he throws another interception because this man throws picks every game I understand some of them are super unlucky but either way, it happens. He throws one, maybe two. Sometimes they go six for the other way. Bucks defense will wake up a little bit, I'm afraid, in this, you know, in in the playoffs type atmosphere. This is what they play for. They've made two deep runs the last two years. They know how to play playoff football, maybe more than anybody else right now. They've played more games of playoff football than anybody in the NFL the last two years, besides Kansas City. This is going to be an extremely tough matchup for the Dallas Cowboys, who are so streaky once again including that defense now which sometimes gives up 40 sometimes you can't move an inch on them give me the buccaneers on the money line it's going to be a bad look for jerry's world once again and sean payton will be coming to Colin. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you on everything there. Uh, three points underdog for Tom Brady in this spot at home. I'm not betting against him. Like the Cowboys in my lifetime haven't given me a reason to uh, bet, to be betting on them in these situations. And, and I don't think Dak Prescott is going to be the answer for that, at least at the moment. Uh, he, like you mentioned, he's throwing picks all the time. And at some point, you can't really keep defending him, right? Like everyone has been defending him for years. And this whole season, like he has shown, he showed last week or this last weekend against the Commanders that he sometimes doesn't have it in him. Maybe he's just not turned up on the day. Maybe uh, maybe it's a mental thing. I don't know exactly what it is, but I think when it comes to playing in Tampa Bay, do you guys remember week one? Dallas Cowboys couldn't even couldn't even get yep. first downs against them. So like, uh, I think the Buccaneers. Uh, you're right. I think the Buccaneers have this one in the bag. Plus one twenty eight money line. That's looking tasty. Yeah, Dallas scored three points in that game. <laughs> yep, <laughs> they couldn't even move the chains from what I remember. All right, well that's everything on Wild Card Weekend. Mergy, last week we picked our winners. Alex, if you, the field's set for you, pick your winner. Who is who's taking home the whole thing this year? If you had to spring, you had to sprinkle a uh, hundred bucks on someone. The Cincinnati Bengals, I think, are going to win the Super Bowl this wow. year. That's what I believe. And Plus seven fifty. That again, I go to school in Cincinnati. I'm not necessarily a Bengals fan. I am surrounded by it. Like it would be fun, but genuinely, I believe that this team will win the Super Bowl this year. This offense does their thing. I don't know how to say this. What they're good at, they are so good at that nobody can stop it. You cannot, you can't game plan, can't game plan for it. Joe Mixon's emergence this year, especially. This team has so much continuity. They are healthier than your favorite team. They throw the ball downfield. Jamar Chase just makes things happen. I don't know how to describe it. I think they're going to beat. But again, it's going to be all of these close games, just like it was last year for them. And they are so calm in these close games. I I just trust Joe Burrow. I really do believe that Joe Burrow is cementing himself as the second best quarterback in football besides Patrick Mahomes. And I think he's going to roll through the first round. And then depending how the chips fall, he has not lost to Patrick Mahomes. And I trust him more than Josh Allen just because of consistency. Josh Allen throws some terrible throws every single game and i feel like the Bengals just are who they are and they show up every single week they're dropping 30 plus on your head and their defense is going to do a decent job at least throughout the game will you outscore them is the question kansas city is the only team that has the capability to do that in my opinion and with all the experience they had last year they know how these games work and again i just get the feeling of nobody's talking about them again no one is picking them again everyone is talking about kansas city everyone is talking about philly Everyone is talking about Buffalo. How about the team that got there last year with an improved offensive line, another year under their belt with all of the playoff experience. This is the same coaching staff from last year. They lost zero assistance. They lost nobody. They are truly running it back. But Kansas city is not running it back. They lost Tyreek Hill. Buffalo is up and down this year. Cincinnati went to the super bowl last year and only got better and has played an incredible second half of the season. Joe Burrow's putting up MVP numbers that he would win MVP in my opinion, if it wasn't for Patrick Mahomes right now. But he, Mahomes, can't beat him. This is like Peyton and Brady type stuff, where a lot of people thought, well, Peyton's smarter. Peyton's more talented. Peyton was the number one pick. This is, why? Why why can't he do it? More consistent. Better IQ. Whatever it is. Joe Burrow finds ways to win games. And as much as I hate on Zach Taylor, this dude doesn't lose football games either. And no (laughs) one considers him a top head coach in the league because he stood next to Sean McVay forever and ever. But listen, man. This team is going to make a deep playoff run again. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl because I don't think 
the NFC has an opponent to beat them. And I think they are the kings of the AFC until proven otherwise. That, that's All fair, right. man. Plus 750 is like honestly great mm-hmm. value on betting them to, they were in the Super Bowl last year, as you mentioned. Great value on them to get there again. Uh, personally, for me, I'm going to stick with what I picked last week, Kansas City Chiefs. I think mm-hmm. I think that AFC Championship game is going to be the Bengals and the Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs are going to look for revenge uh, come this time around. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, you saw, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the interview with him, uh, but you saw the look on his face when he was talking about that mm-hmm. game. And he's like, I choked. I straight up choked that game. And like, he really, and he, no, no one even asked him about the game. I think they were asking him about something else. And he randomly said, oh yeah, last year I did this. And then he turned around and he's like, but I also choked in the AFC championship game. So you can tell it's on his it's mind. On his mind. Um, and you, you mentioned something, the, the pain Manning, Tom Brady rivalry would be amazing to see uh, Joe Burrow and, and Patrick Mahomes kind of take the, take the next reins of that. And, uh, have another matchup this year it'll be an exciting game regardless i think i would take over on that game when they play um but kansas city chiefs plus 330 are probably my pick and the little fan in me is like giants can go on a run the nfc sucks uh so if you want to uh to be delusional with us g-men uh giants at plus 5500 is not a smart bet but i'm probably gonna tease it i would be a liar if i told you i didn't already put ten dollars <laughs> All right, fair enough. I can't. I can't fault you for that. I, I, I bet the Leafs to win the Stanley Cup at the beginning of the every season. It just is what it is. You just got to do what you got to do sometimes. All right. Well, Alex, thank you so much. You gave us way more of your time than we were anticipating taking. Uh, I had a really good time chatting, and hopefully, you will join us again uh, for some more NFL playoff action as the rest of the playoffs unfold. Absolutely, fellas. I had a blast. That was so much fun, dude. I cannot wait to have Alex back on. Yeah, I'm glad he signed up for the whole playoffs. Um, I'm, I'm holding you to that, Alex. We're going we're gonna to get you on here every week, um, either this version or hint into our next one coming out. Maybe we can get him to help us explain a lesson or two to our fellow gamblers because, man, he's so profitable. He, he's clearly killing it in this industry. Yeah, oh, most definitely. And I promise you guys next time, if you're watching on YouTube, you will have his beautiful face up there with our beautiful faces. Uh, I know he could, we couldn't get it working this time. Technical difficulties. He's moving across states right now. Uh, UPS is shipping all of his stuff. He has no control <laughs> and there's nothing we can, there's nothing anyone can do about it. So we got, we made sure we got his silky smooth voice on for you guys though. Um, I would like to inform you all that we will be back a second time this week. Um, Firstly, we're going to be back on Thursday. We have a Twitter space uh, in our usual time slot, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, There's no Thursday night football, but we're going to talk with some of you guys about the NFL slate, about what's going on on Thursday night, probably some college basketball as well. Uh, And then past that, on Friday, we have the second episode this week of our podcast it's called betting 101 that's kind of what we're rolling with right now and what we're going to do on that podcast is we're going to talk to you mergy and you mentioned hopefully alex as well about what your strategies are when you're betting the nfl playoffs when you're betting playoffs it's different than betting the regular season there's different things that you need to take into account the crowd can be a factor even more than the bookies necessarily lend you to believe so We are going to go through all of that. It's a shorter episode, only 30, 45 minutes, but we will be back twice in the next five days, Mergy. How about that? 
I know, man. It's just picking up, bro. Every week now, we're going to have not only this podcast that we've already started and we have guests on, etc., cetera, uh, but we're going to have this betting 101 that you mentioned. And every Friday, it's going to be coming out. And we're going to have new lessons for you. This week, you mentioned we're going to have how to bet NFL playoffs. Next week, next week, I think we're looking at doing live betting. Um, so there's little things that we can, uh, little terms, little uh, lessons that we can learn about the gambling industry. And I'm so excited. Hopefully down the line, uh, I mean, the plans are in the works. We're going to have some experts in the industry, maybe some bookies themselves. We'll send a representative uh, and we can just interview them and, and talk about the whole process because this space is only growing. It is. And uh, a little birdie told me that you should probably go and look up Sports Grid on Twitch and sauce it a follow. I can, I'm not going to give you any more information <laughs> just yet. You have to follow me on Twitter at Mayday Sports underscore Samir on Twitter at Mergy Moneyline or SportsGrid at SportsGrid at SportsGrid TV at SportsGrid Radio. But go follow them on Twitch. There's going to be exciting stuff there soon. Mergy, you want to give us those uh, bets that we gave out at the beginning of the podcast and send us home? We've been here for nearly two hours now. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's, been, it's been a hefty one, but wildcard weekend, right? What do you expect? So beginning of the episode, Mayday, he backs Manchester City, uh, their main goal scorer, to get it done against Manchester United in the Manchester Derby. Mayday's taking Erling Holland anytime goal scorer at minus 120. Uh, great, great position. We even gave out Holland to score two goals at plus 380. Uh, that is a half a unit play for the two goals, um, but the him to score one goal is a full unit play. Gamble responsibly, guys. Make sure you do that. They wouldn't allow you to call it the Manchester Derby if you were here, just so you know. Ah, uh, Derby. It's called the Manchester I'm sorry. Derby, sir. It is what it is, man. <laughs> it's a it's Derby. It's North American divide. There's nothing we can do. <laughs> we, we like to call everything different on this side of the pod. It is what it is. <laughs> um, going on to our next soccer game uh, in La Liga, we got... Celta Vigo hosting Villarreal, and I'm taking Villarreal to continue their amazing away form. I think Villarreal are going to get them get the money line win here, plus 160. Uh, they've won what five away games in a row. They just beat Real Madrid at home the other day, two to one. Uh, they, they're they're fired up. They're motivated for this, and they're facing a 16th place Celta Vigo team. So those are our two, three bets, I guess, uh, that we gave out for the for the coming week. And Mayday, let's get back on track. We're up 20 units uh, in the podcast so far. Start 2023, we had a little bit of a hitch and uh, we went two and two. Uh, so we went minus almost a full unit. But this week's going to be different. And I really like the, the plus odds that we got. Still up 19 overall. No, that's true. 19 units in three months is nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, but other than that, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Alex is amazing. Make sure to give him a follow. And also, like, good luck with this wildcard betting weekend. It's going to be freaking amazing. We're going to kill it. We gave you guys bets. Make sure you get those in. Lock those in ASAP. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Gamble responsibly. Most importantly, let's cash, baby. We'll see you next week.